You're listening to Matt Walsh On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. Well, it's great to be back after a week away on, on vacation. Um, well, great, great may be a, a bit of an ambitious term. I can't say it's great to be back. Maybe I meant, I meant horrible, depressing, tragic, but you know what I mean. Um, uh, or maybe you don't. I don't even know what I mean. I did enjoy um, an almost complete obliviousness while I was on vacation. That's what I wanted to attain was a state of complete where I had no idea like being in a sensory deprivation tank. That's what I wanted. Just have no idea what's going on in the outside world. And I almost attained that. And I say almost because my wife's grandfather is an avid, I mean, avid Fox news viewer. And we were at his uh, lake house this past week. So I did inadvertently absorb some headlines here and there, even though I didn't want to. But overall, I tried to stay out of the loop. I definitely maneuvered so as to avoid the loop until I had to be back in it. And then when you're back in the loop, the loop tightens around your neck and begins slowly choking you to death. And that's, that's where I am now. But it's great. It's a great, it's a great thing. Anyway, uh, a lot going on this week. Some of this week's events have been covered probably way too much. Colin Kaepernick, for instance. And I say that as someone who wrote a Kaepernick piece and I wrote it on Monday morning. You know, Colin Kaepernick refused to stand for the for the anthem. I think it was for, uh, during a, last Friday, during a, before a, a preseason game. And uh, I put up a Kaepernick piece Monday morning, and I wanted to get it up Monday morning because I really thought that this is the kind of story that by Tuesday nobody will be talking about anymore. But here we are right now, as I'm recording it Wednesday, and I'm still seeing the Kaepernick think pieces coming out, and they're coming out strong with with no sign of slowing down. Um. So there's been a lot of discussion about that, but some of this week's events, however, have uh, gotten very little attention, predictably, and most notably, that would be uh, everything surrounding Hillary Clinton, as usual. The, the latest with, with Hillary, the latest news on that front is that she's a dirty, rotten, godforsaken liar. And that's not breaking news. We, we, we already knew that. Um, But if I have to be more specific, I'll say that we now have, according to a report from the State Department, we now have 30 deleted emails from Clinton where she discussed Benghazi um, on her illegal private server. And we haven't seen these emails, but she discussed Benghazi and then deleted those emails. But, you know, that doesn't mean that it was anything. I mean, maybe she said that all these emails were about yoga. Maybe she was planning a trip to Benghazi to do yoga. You know, she famously claimed all of her emails sent on her private server or the ones she deleted were about yoga or wedding plans or whatever. So maybe that's what she was doing. But, um, you know, I tend to doubt it because can, can you imagine? Well, for one thing, can you imagine Hillary Clinton doing yoga? Do you want to imagine Hillary Clinton doing yoga? Ah, dear God, I just imagined it. I just imagined it. Don't imagine it. Whatever you do, don't imagine it. 
So whatever the context, that's uh, 30 deleted emails, emails she covered up and that were discovered through forensics and emails that definitely would have been relevant to the FBI investigation. But she deleted them. And you know what they call that? They call that a crime. Okay, that's a crime. That's obstruction of justice, among other things. But at the very least, it's obstruction of justice. The FBI was conducting a criminal investigation and she got rid of evidence. You're not I've seen enough you know, cop shows to know that you're not, you're, you're actually not allowed to do that. It's a crime. You go to jail for it or anyone else would go to jail for it at least. And it doesn't stop there. We find out on Wednesday that Hillary, according to a report, sent emails from her private server with, with, with classified info. So she sent it from her private server with classified info. We already knew about that, but she sent some of these emails after she left the state department. Okay, as a private citizen, she was discussing classified information with other people. That's a felony, guys. That's a felony. You can't, if you work for the CIA or um, the FBI or the NSA or whatever, and then you leave, you retire or you go, you quit and you work at Chipotle as an assistant manager or whatever you do, You can't then turn around and discuss over email classified things that you did or learned about on the job. You can't do that. You'd be arrested for that. It's a crime. If I worked at the Department of Homeland Security and I had a lot of classified information and then I I was fired or I quit or I retired, I couldn't like text my buddy. Hey, guess what? Here's some stuff. Let's talk about this from my time at uh, DHS. That's a criminal act. It's a felony. You just and this is out there in the open. And people are like, "Eh, whatever." Eh, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And this is all is to say nothing of the revelations we learned more about last week when I was away about Clinton and her people using her position in the government to further the interests of the Clinton Foundation while she was uh Secretary of State. Again, that's a crime. That's, that's like classic corruption. That's corruption right out of a Tom Clancy novel or something. That's classic, old-fashioned, corrupt politician type of thing. Like the, the corrupt politicians from, uh, from uh, The Godfather or something. This, that's what that is. That's the definition of corruption. She has this private, shadowy, kind of nefarious-seeming uh, foundation. And while she's Secretary of State... Of the United States of America, she's using that position to further the influence of this foundation, which she will then, when she, when she uh, leaves the State Department, go back and she'll enjoy the benefits, financial and otherwise, of having done that. That's corruption. But yet, what will be the penalty? We know she won't face legal consequences. That's already been made clear. But it's already been made clear that if anyone else did this kind of stuff, they'd be going to prison. But not Hillary Clinton because she's Hillary Clinton. But what about we the people? What are we, we going to do anything about it? Are, are we going to hold her accountable? Are we going to at least be angry about it at the very least? Sure, conservatives are ticked off about it. Um, that's to be expected, but that doesn't make a difference. She doesn't care what, what we think. Liberals don't care what we think. And we're mad about Hillary Clinton for everything all the time. And and for good reason. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. But um, our anger on our... If if the rest of the country won't join with us 
in holding Hillary Clinton accountable, then we're, there's nothing we can do, you know, because we're the ones that will always criticize her anyway. Again, for good reason, there's always reason to. But we need everyone else to, to get on board, and they're not. We have not reached a point yet with everything we know where even liberals and the liberal media will stand up and say, okay, enough is enough. I mean, just that's it. Enough is enough. We can't support this. We can't go along with it. We can't support a crook. We just can't do it. There's, there's got to be a limit, and this is beyond the limit for us. Have we reached that point? Obviously not. Will we ever reach that point? Will we ever, ever reach that point? Obviously not. We never will. The media has uh, mostly ignored all of these new revelations, even though they're, they're, they're dramatic and, and uh, you know, incredible, or at least in another universe they'd be incredible, although now we, we, this is what we come to expect from Hillary Clinton. But it's been ignored. In fact, I've seen on Twitter um, some, some media folks, liberal media folks, lamenting the fact that this Colin Kaepernick story, um, they're lamenting the fact that this story has, has had legs like this that people are still talking about. And I've seen them say, in fact, it was, it was Chris Hayes from MSNBC. Uh, and I saw him on Twitter. He said, basically, well, well, this is the late August content lull, and uh, there's not a lot going on. People are looking for something to talk about because there's nothing else to talk about. So that's why this Colin Kaepernick thing is still going on. And, and I read that and I think, oh, really? Really? You have like three different reports in the span of eight days detailing high crimes and misdemeanors, mostly high crimes, by the Clinton camp, and you say there's nothing to talk about but Colin Kaepernick? There's plenty to talk about. It's just you don't want to talk about it because this is where we are in America, right? There is no standard. There is no principle, you see? It changes. It changes. It changes depending on the person, the circumstance. So for the liberal... If you take what Clinton did and you supplant it, you transport it over to a Republican, then you take all this stuff and you put it on a Republican, then all of a sudden, it's a huge scandal, a huge story. It's all over the media. Everyone said they'd be doing documentaries. Michael Barr would do a documentary about it. You'd have like celebrities ranting about it at, at awards ceremonies and it would be all over the media and all that stuff would be happening if a Republican did it. We all know that. We all know, even the liberals know that they, they couldn't, they really wouldn't be able to deny it. If it were anyone else, if it were a liberal, it's a huge story, but it's not for Clinton. Why is that? Because the standards change. The principles change, depending, always depending, always depending on something. There is no one set standard, one set of principles. Everything changes depending on the situation, depending on the person. But... Here's the thing, um, because I've thought about this a lot over the past few weeks. And I know that this is not going to be a popular direction for me to take this. But I thought, you know, what if a, a Republican did do something like this? You know, what if this were? What if you take Hillary Clinton now, you, you put a Republican in her place and everything else is the same? Uh, what if Trump gets into office, does something just like this, which I could totally see him doing, right? Um, or something different but equal to it. Will Republicans, with, with all other conservatives, condemn him the way they condemned Clinton? Would they? Or would they suddenly become like the liberals in this situation? 
start making excuses, start saying other things are more important, start saying we can't focus on this, it's in the past. Even if it's not in the past, it's actually still going on. Um, you know, would they stick to one set standard or would they come up with a new standard? Can we be honest about that question? Because obviously the answer is there would be a new standard. They wouldn't stick to the same standard. Not all of them. Probably not even most of them. In a Trump administration, you know, will our, and I say our very loosely, I, I, just for the sake of argument, but will our media, quote unquote, our media voices be out there holding him accountable, taking him to task, doing to Donald Trump what the liberal media would not do for Obama, will not do for uh, Hillary Clinton, would not do for Hillary Clinton, wouldn't do for Bill Clinton or anyone else. <clears throat> will the conservative media do that? And I mean the mainstream conservative media, you know, the, 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 big, the big voices. Will they do that? Will Sean Hannity in a Trump administration be unafraid to challenge Trump and bring to light his corruption and lawbreaking? Will Sean Hannity do what all the people at MSNBC and CNN and all the rest of them would not do to Obama? Would he do that? <laughs> Come on. Of course he wouldn't. Of course he wouldn't. And we all know that. That's the thing. We all know it. We all know it. So at this point, are, are we different in this respect when it comes to this kind of thing? The double standard. Are we different? Are we actually different? Can you look at the state of things now and say when it comes to double standards, when it comes to making excuses for corruption and lies, depending on party affiliation, can you look at that and say, well, that is the exclusive domain of one side of the ideological spectrum? Can you say that? The answer is no, you can't. Can you say that we, on the right, have one standard, one standard that we apply to everyone, regardless of party, regardless of how it will help or hurt us in an election, regardless of anything? Do we? Can you say that? Well, maybe some of us can say that. Maybe some of us do. Some of us do have one standard. But do we all? Do most of us? Do the majority of us? The conservative movement, whatever it is, at this point, can it look at the liberal movement and say, you know, we're the example. Follow us, what we're doing. We're doing it better. See, we're the fearless, honest ones. <coughs> we're the ones who don't change our priorities, our principles according to circumstance. We're the ones who will hold everyone accountable. We're the ones who won't let anyone get away with anything. We're the ones who will call out all lies and all hypocrisies and all inconsistencies, regardless of who's responsible for them. Can we say that? Can we? Can we really say it? Of course we can't. Of course we can't. And I know what I'm saying here isn't popular. I know that. But it's the truth, and we all know it, don't we? Even if we don't want to say it. The double standards on the left, this is what we have to understand, that the double standards on the left particularly when it comes to this kind of thing, have historically been much worse, much more blatant, much more obvious. They have been. Now, it's never been, you know, one side does it all the time, the other side never does it. One side is perfect, the other, the other is, is uh, you know, always wrong. About it. Well, at this point, the left is always wrong. But, but it's never been the case that the right, quote-unquote, whatever the right is at this point, 
it's never been the case that the right has been perfect. But historically, these double standards have been worse on the left. And uh, why is that? Well, I think there are two reasons. First, liberals are, are more conditioned to obediently follow obediently follow you know their party they, they have been more they're, they're more easily healed more easily controlled by liberal authority figures they they fall right in line and they do what they're told and they're team players and that's that's what is most important that used to be a defining feature of the left that distinguished it from the right second liberals are moral relativists and naturally a relativist will have double standards and it's not even so much that they have double standards as they have no standards. So they have, you know, it's not, they don't have two standards. They have a million. They have infinite number of standards. And of course that's going to happen when you're a moral relativist because that's the whole point of relativism. But now we're seeing this bleed into the right more and more because both of these things are now becoming features of the right as well. And this is what we have to look out for. This is what we have to be very careful about. This is what distresses me so much. More than anything else about this election season, things that have gone on recently, and it goes back to before this election season began, obviously, uh, before anyone was talking about Donald Trump or anything else, we, we've, we've been on this trajectory. It's just that it's gotten a lot worse. It's been a lot more um, obvious. But this is what's distressed me the most, is that more and more people on the right are adopting the left's perspective on those two points. We're seeing celebrity worship, politician worship, um, you know, sort of essentially government worship on the right. We're seeing more and more um, these, these demands for complete submission to the party, to the nominee, complete unthinking, uncritical submission. And actually, just yesterday, I'll tell you what, what uh, now this is word for word what someone said to me yesterday, and it's on Twitter. You can find it yourself. I'm not exaggerating. A Trump fan on Twitter came after me, and um, as they tend to do, and well, he called me a quote-unquote faggot, um, as, as they tend to do, and, but, it, but he said I was a quote-unquote faggot because I refused to quote-unquote bend the knee to Trump bend the knee to Trump. He was mad that I would not bend the knee to Trump. Those, that's the phrase he used. He said those words exactly. Bend the knee. We now have people on the right literally demanding that we bend the knee to our candidate, that we kneel before a candidate. Bend the knee, for God's sake. I mean, this is the, the phrase being used unironically, bend the knee. I mean, it's incredible. And when you have that, and then, look, I'm not getting into who you're going to vote for. You, you know, it's, as I've said all along, if you're going to vote for Trump, you're going to vote for him because you think he's a lesser of two evils. That's a different conversation. But bend the knee? Are we now a people who bend the knee to politicians? Who say, you know, you, you cannot criticize a politician if they're quote-unquote on our side? Is that what we are? And then there's moral relativism. And this is definitely something that trends to way before Donald Trump ever arrived on the scene. But the more the right abandons 
the moral position, abandon social issues, cultural issues. I've talked about this a lot. The more we abandon the moral battle, the more it becomes just this kind of pragmatic, utilitarian, self-interested movement where it's all about, you know, winning and, and being the one the ones in charge, regardless of what ideas are actually brought to the forefront, regardless of any of that. (coughs) We're just struggling for power just to have it and for no other reason. The more we carry on like that, the more we're going to have double standards and and not just triple standards, quadruple standards, infinite standards. Or another way of putting it is no standards. And so who wins in all this, um, the more that we, the people, become relativists, the more that we adopt double standards, infinite standards, no standards, the more that we worship authority, um, I should say you know, political, t- uh, temporal authority, as opposed to divine authority, which we should worship. Um, but the more that we worship political and, and temporal authority, the less we, you, know, you can't worship two gods. You can only, there's only one God that can be worshipped. And there's no room to worship anything or anybody else. You either worship only God or you don't worship God at all and you worship something else. So the more that we take that worship that we should have of God and God alone and we worship uh, celebrity, we worship political authority, the more all this happens, who benefits? Who, Who comes out ahead? Who makes out like a bandit in all this? Who should really be sitting there rooting for these trends to continue on both sides of the spectrum? I tell you, it's not we the people. It's not the average person, the average uh, you know, person going about their life. We don't benefit from this. Things just keep getting worse. We, keep, we, we get even worse politicians, even worse people in charge. There's more criminality, lawlessness, despotism, tyranny coming down on us. And we don't benefit from that. It's just the people at the top, at the political top, the government, the state people in charge they're the ones who benefit you know this is great for them it's great for hillary clinton that she knows she can do literally whatever she wants she can do anything anything it i mean and i mean anything and I, i i'm not exaggerating when i say hillary clinton could actually kill somebody and i know there are a lot of theories that she's already done that But, I mean, she could do it on camera, okay? She could kill somebody on camera. And there would still be people defending her. I really believe that. I I don't mean it as a hyperbole. I really believe she could do anything. And there would still be people defending her. It's built in. It's built into the system now. No matter what she does, she will have people defending her. Because that's how it works. And that the mass of people who identify themselves as the left, their job is just to go along with Hillary Clinton, no matter what she does. That's what they're supposed to do, be obedient. And she knows that many of them will do it. And you'll see the same thing on the right. You'll see it more and more. That whoever the next Republican president is, whether it's Donald Trump and the polls don't make that possibility seem likely. But, you know, it's, it stands to reason that maybe eventually we'll have another Republican president, although I don't even know. Maybe, we, you know, maybe the Republican Party completely goes away before that. But 
if we have another Republican president at some point, it's going to be a really bad situation, be very dangerous. If that person, whoever it is, knows they can do anything, anything they want, and they're going to have a built-in cheerleading uh, squad. They're going to have, you know, they're going to have their sideline rooting for them, no matter what it is. Because they know that their people, the people on their side, have no real standards. That the standards change. The principles change. The expectations change. And so you see how dangerous this gets. And you see that having, you know, there's a lot, I mean, I talk a lot about principles, but you, you there's, an, there's a dismissive kind of really disdainful attitude that a lot of people have now when you talk about principles, especially on, on the right. And they, they'll, they'll mock you for it. Oh, you're stupid. Shut up about your principles. Your stupid principles. Okay. But do you see what happens when you don't have them? When you, when you abandon them? Do you think that it works out better for you? Who do you think benefits? Who do you think wins? There are a lot of reasons to have principles and standards. But I tell you, one of the big ones is that it keeps us a lot safer and a lot more secure. And it protects us from tyranny and oppression. When you get rid of those, then we leave ourselves vulnerable. And that's where we are now. That's the unfortunate reality. And I'll leave it on that chipper note for the first podcast back from vacation. And uh, I really want to go back to vacation, honestly, but I won't have another one ever, maybe. I'll talk to you guys later. Acruce salus. Godspeed. <laughs>